Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is Tuesday, April 19th. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here with you to talk Major League Baseball on this episode of Best on the Board. It's actually a jam-packed slate, even more than a usual Tuesday DVR. We are used to Tuesday being a 30 teams in action, 15-game, wall-to-wall baseball day. But with a couple of postponements on Monday, we've got a couple of double-aheaders on Tuesday. So 17 games on the Tuesday MLB slate. Lots for us to choose from today. Yeah, you love to see it. Plenty of options on the board and I'm excited. There's a few things in these double headers that we're not going to talk about on the show. I want to see Alex Cobb again. So 10Ks in his first start. I want to see if that velo stays up. I want to see if that swing and miss is still there because there could be a short-term window to take advantage of low projected strikeout totals for Alex Cobb if he can continue to do what he did in that first start. Yeah, so that's game one in the Giants and Mets series that Alex Cobb is going to be pitching in. And so that game's starting in like an hour from when DVR and I are recording. So we are not going to talk about that game. We're going to stay away from some of the early games. But again, plenty for us to talk about. And I actually have something for game two in that Giants-Mets <laughs> doubleheader. We have actually, though, one game where both of us have a play. It is in Rockies and Phillies. It's Kyle Freeland against Kyle Gibson. Uh, the Rockies are plus 110 on the money line, so slight underdogs at home against the Phillies. We both have a play here. You've got a prop. I've got a side that I like in this game. Why don't you take things away here first? Yeah, this one is uh, a total chip off the the old DVR block, just in the <laughs> sense of it's, it's the kind of thing that I really believe in. I think my first thought, when I see games in Colorado, I come from the build DFS lineups, space Mm -hmm. and you know you're always looking at finding value in Coors and that's sort of dried up over the years but I think we can find some value here Gene Segura is at plus 110 to go over one and a half total bases I really like that bet as a prop the matchup in Colorado is against the left-handed pitcher you mentioned Kyle Freeland he's also the kind of guy that doesn't strike a lot of guys out so low K rate pitcher platoon advantage for Segura Segura himself puts a ton of balls in play Of course, we know that in Coors Field, contact is disproportionately rewarded in the best ways for hitters. Looking back historically, I am not at all surprised to see that Gene Segura is a career 366-430-505 hitter in Colorado. He's averaging more than two total bases per game in those games. This is a fantastic spot. I am in. I love the Phillies offense. Just in general, I think they could put up some huge numbers in this series. But Gene Segura is exactly the type of player I like to bet on when I'm looking for total base bets like this because there's so many ways for him to get over that one and a half. Yeah, we're always going to be doing this in Colorado. Uh, this is just how things go. We all know that. And I'm with you on Segura, a guy, like you said, a ton of bat-to-ball skills. And so you like to see that in Colorado. Kyle Freeland, uh, not the greatest outing his last time out against the Cubs either. Uh, got knocked around a little bit in that start. So uh, that gets us started here on the on the uh, the sides in this game, DVR. I'm actually looking at the uh, at the Rockies as uh, one of my plays of the day. I think the Rockies at plus 110 on the full game money line is something that I can get behind. On the flip side of this, the Phillies are at minus 135 on the money line. But we know this Rockies team is just, they're just 
better at home. They're just a better team at home. It's uh, been playing out over the last handful of years. It's been very true for this team, whether they've been good, bad, or otherwise. They've always just been a team that it's it's just hard to go into cores uh, for a team that is not accustomed to the environment and play well there. And so I think getting plus 110 on what feels like a pretty even pitching matchup, Freeland against Gibson, maybe a slight tilt in Colorado's favor in the pitching matchup. That's one that I'm willing to get behind. This team last year, I didn't know this until I was watching the Cubs series. Didn't realize this until uh, the Cubs broadcasters were talking about this. The Rockies won nearly 60% of their games at home last year. Just on their home schedule, they were had played to the sixth best win percentage in baseball. And then we all know that they were a terrible team, but they just they win at home. They're already 5-3 and three at home this season. This is a team that does a very good job of protecting its home field because of the environment that is there. So when you take that, you look at a very fair uh, pitching matchup, you know, not one where we're talking about about Aaron Nola taking the mound for the Phillies or anything like that. Even pitching matchup, Rockies at home, getting plus money, add that all up, and it's a bet that I'm comfortable backing. Give me the Rockies plus 110. Totally makes sense. Uh, this is a Colorado team that we all like to write off, but they really are a different team in their home park compared to what they are on the road. It's the story of their organization, mm-hmm. really, since they came into the league in the '90s. They just they have not been able to find a way uh, to overcome the challenges that come from playing games in altitude and then leaving and having pitches just move differently. Uh, so you got to take advantage of that when you can. All right, let's look to another game here on tonight's slate. Twins and Royals in Kansas City. Twins slight favorites in this game, minus 115 at bet MGM with the Royals minus 105 on the full game money line. Now we're looking at a total of eight and a half runs in this one as well. If you're interested at all in the run line, minus one and a half for the Twins is plus 140, plus one and a half for the Royals, minus 165. What do you got for us in this one, DVR? So I like the Twins at minus 115 on the money line just for the full game here. Chris Archer has the start for Minnesota. And if you had a chance to see Archer's first time out, you'll see that he regained some of the lost velocity that we saw a season ago. 93.2 miles per hour on the fastball in what were very cold conditions. So I think we could see another uptick from there. Even if we don't have that, this is a big step back in the right direction. It's basically fastball slider with an occasional changeup for Chris Archer at this point in his career. The big thing is he's healthy for the first time in a few years. You know, I talked on this show a few weeks ago about liking the Twins as a team to take a leap forward this year. I think they caught a pretty tough early schedule with the bad weather in that opening series against Seattle. They caught a two-game visit from the Dodgers who came in and put a ton of runs on the board. And then they had a four-game set, including the Patriots Day matchup with Boston. So tough matchups, weird schedule, bad weather. Their offense, I think, is underperforming in part because of those circumstances. I think people are sleeping on Minnesota as we move through this second full week of the season for a lot of these reasons. The Minnesota bullpen behind Chris Archer is in decent shape as well. Joan Duran uh, was really their only A reliever that they had to throw in Monday's win against Boston, so they can throw out three or four good relievers once Archer eventually leaves this game. And I think the other thing that really caught my eye as I was digging more into the Royals, thinking about a fastball slider guy, can a two-pitch pitcher be really effective against this lineup? The Royals last season had one regular who had a positive run value against sliders. Not surprisingly, it was Salvador Perez. He was hitting everything last year. But Carlos Santana, Nicky Lopez, Adalberto Mondesi, Hunter Dozier, Whit Merrifield, Andrew Benintendi, all had negative run values against sliders last season. I think Chris Archer has a fantastic matchup here. I think the Twins are just one of those teams that 
I see as a playoff team. The Royals are a team on the rise that I don't see as a playoff team. All these factors are locking in. I think Archer is a little bit undervalued right now because we're so used to him not being healthy. So I'm in on the Twins in this matchup against the Royals on Tuesday night. There we go. I like it. And I'm just going to go right into my next play of the day, which takes us over to one of the marquee series to kick off this week, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. Red Sox coming off that four-gamer against the Twins, a loss on Patriots Day. The Blue Jays coming off an off day. They go into Boston, however, as slight underdogs. They are plus 120 on the money line. On the flip side of that, you've got the Red Sox sitting at minus 135. And actually, it has just updated right before my eyes, plus 110 for the Blue Jays (laughs) on the money line. Even though that's coming down for me a little bit, DVR, I'm still going to take the Blue Jays here. It's Yusei Kikuchi getting the ball for Toronto. It is Nathan Ivaldi getting the ball for Boston. And this, again, this, this really is nothing more than a price bet. I liked it more at 120. I still like it at 110. But, you know, that reinforces sort of the way I was thinking that plus 120 was just it's too it's too high. That is there is not enough gap between these pitchers and between home field for that to be what the price is on this Blue Jays offense. Blue Jays also coming off the off day. Boston had to dig into its bullpen yesterday in that loss. Uh, So this is uh, a team that is coming in a little bit less well-rested with its arms, and they're going to need those arms. Nathan Eovaldi looked a lot better in his second start of the season against Detroit than he did in his first start of the season against the Yankees, but it still has been a little slow going for Eovaldi to start the year. Uh, Yankees always going to be a tough matchup. Detroit, it's not a bad offense for sure, but he's given up four homers in the early going here this year, and we expect homers to be depressed in April. Homers have been depressed, uh, not just because of the weather, but just across the league compared with recent years. We are getting some extreme data this season suggesting that homers are going to be way, way down this year from where they've been in recent seasons. And we're still talking about Evaldi giving up four homers. One was a little bit of a, a Yankee Stadium cheapie to Giancarlo Stanton, but still four homers through two starts, 10 innings pitched. That is not exactly what you want to see going into a matchup with the Toronto Blue Jays uh, on hand this uh, this uh, evening. So I just, the price for me is not right. This feels like it should be, even with a home field, even with Eovaldi, you know, in a vacuum being a, quote, better pitcher than you say Kikuchi, this still feels more to me like a minus 110 on both sides. So I will take the plus money on the Blue Jays. I think they can get this one done. But more than anything, a price bet. The Blue Jays just shouldn't be uh, this much of plus money against the Red Sox in this matchup. Yeah, there's just a handful of teams that have an offense that's so explosive that even if they were down 3-0 or 5-0, you just know that they're they're one big inning away from putting a, a seven spot up, right? That's the way the Jays are built. They're such a fun team to bet on. So when you get those little pockets of value, I think it's a good idea to take advantage. All right, DVR, as we got going, this is uh, peel back the curtain a little bit. DVR and I were talking 20 minutes or so before we started recording this episode. DVR said still hunting around for the third bet he was going to offer up today. We get on the horn together here. You sort of chuckle as you throw out what this third bet is. So I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, uh, preface it with anything other than that. Why don't you just give it to us right here? So I've got Red Starter Reaver San Martin going over three and a half strikeouts against the Padres. It's um I think it's funny because Reaver San Martin is not a, a highly regarded young pitcher. Nothing like Nick Lodolo, who we saw pitch in Monday's game. Nothing like Hunter Green, who's mm-hmm. lighting up the radar gun and looks fantastic in his first couple big league starts. And it's it's minus 135 on the over. It's like, why, why would you be interested in this? Because 
I, I don't think the Padres offense is good, especially without Fernando Tatis Jr. And they've got a sure. bunch of guys who are in slumps right now. I mean, Luke Voigt really hasn't started hitting yet. He's going to hit eventually. Trent Grisham hasn't started hitting yet. Jake Cronenworth's been pretty quiet as well. It's basically the Manny Machado show right now in San Diego. Uh, the bottom half of the lineup especially, it's not guys that are in slumps. It's guys that you just don't really trust to be consistent, viable producers, right? I mean, Eric Hosmer is probably not going to play with a lefty out there. It, it's just one of these things where I see a team that's striking out 25.5% of the time this season. I see a pitcher in San Martin that they haven't seen before. And San Martin has pretty consistently solid strikeout rates in the upper levels of the minor leagues. 89 Ks and 82 in a third innings last season, working in a lot of, of PCL environments as well, where it's difficult for pitchers. So I, I think part of this is maybe some concern that San Martin might not get deep into this start. I think he can go five pretty consistently. I think he can easily get over the three and a half Ks, probably get you five or six, just given the, the quality or lack thereof right now, of this San Diego lineup. And I think the other thing that people maybe discount Reaver San Martin for is that he doesn't throw hard. It's a it's a high 80s fastball, but he's going to get a lot of swings and miss with that changeup. He locates it really well at the bottom of the zone. Pretty decent slider as well. It's really more of a deep arsenal, uh, mm-hmm. mix and match, keep hitters off balance sort of approach as opposed to your prototypical young flamethrower that we tend to get more excited about. This feels like a play that the the book is begging you, begging you, begging you to go under on. We're talking about a guy with four Ks and seven and a third innings this season who doesn't light up the radar gun. And so to see three and a half at minus 135 is like, like who other than DVR is making this bet, right? I mean, no like that's right. That's what they're, it's like they're, they're begging you to go, to go under. And that's really why uh, that's uh, always when a, a sign that maybe you want to go in the other direction. Great time. Last time he was out as a, as a, a follower, five shutout innings against the Dodgers. Uh, it, when he got uh, going against that team, two strikeouts in those five innings. And you know what I like about this too, DVR through 75 pitches, David Bell, let him be out there for 75 pitches in that, in that outing. So you feel good that, so long as he's not getting knocked around, there's going to be enough leash here for him to get the volume he needs to get to four strikeouts. Yeah, and the the debut this season against Atlanta, he walked five guys. It's uncharacteristic of Reaver San Martin. I don't think he had five walks in a minor league appearance anywhere last year, working mostly between double A and triple A. I think it's just... It, it's the kind of profile that you're never that excited about. But I think, especially going long in the long relief opportunity last week against the Dodgers. I don't care that he didn't strike guys out against that lineup. Yeah. Really good pitchers who strike a lot of guys out are going to face the Dodgers lineup, go five innings, and not strike more than two guys out. Mm-hmm. That's just who they are. The Padres are a team that will swing and miss, so I'm in on San Martin tonight. All right, and I am in on the two pitchers starting the second game of that Giants-Mets doubleheader. I think most of us are Logan Webb, Max Scherzer, pretty good pitchers in that second matchup. So the full game lines for that second matchup between the Giants and the Mets today, you have the Mets as minus 120 favorites. The Giants are plus 100 on the money line. I'm not really too worried about that. I'm going over to the first five because that's when Logan Webb and Max Scherzer are going to dominate. Now the posted line is three and a half. The posted run total for the first five innings is three and a half. But if you're willing to tick things down, 
to three runs, you can get plus 105 for your money. And that's where I'm going. I'm saying under three runs, plus 105 uh, here, because I think Webb and Scherzer dominate. And Webb and Scherzer are guys who are going to dominate a lot of times they take the ball. But you factor in that this is game two of a doubleheader. So, so many guys are going to have already logged nine innings earlier in the day. So many guys who are going to be playing in that game two are either going to be you know, a, a little bit wary. I mean, obviously these guys are capable of playing 18 innings in a day, but they will have already put in a full day's work and then play game two, or we're going to see a ton of regulars get backups. Either way, neither offense is going to be at full strength going up against two of the 10 best pitchers in Major League Baseball. Yes, it's an aggressive under, even as good as these pitchers are. It's not hard to get to three runs over five innings for two teams combined. But I think that this is the right spot to try and get that plus money on two teams going under three runs in five innings. So that's what I'm going with. I think Webb and Scherzer take care of business. Yeah, it's a fun pitching matchup. You like aces. I think Logan Webb has shown on the big stage uh, in October last year, especially, that he belongs in the same conversation as some of the other top 10, top 15 starting pitchers in the game right now. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Should be a great way to cap off a doubleheader in Queens today and just one of the many great games that we have across Major League Baseball on Tuesday. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.